Hey everybody, it's me, Sean Leary, and I'm here with James Cuxtis. Hey. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. It's um, the dead of winter here. Yeah, it is. The the middle of February. Yeah. Um, Doesn't feel like it, though. No, it doesn't. It's like 60 degrees out right now and rainy. And pouring. <laughs> no, no big storms, though. We, we should be out there covering that. I wish we had some going on. Sorry to disappoint. Wish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh... You work for the Mariner. I do. I've been um, with Wicked Local for um, about three and a half uh, years, maybe four years this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been you know, coming to Marshfield for about the past three. So it's been a big change. For, I was covering Norwell and Hanover before, which were much uh, much more kind of slower, uh, more low-key towns. Mm-hmm. Marshfield, there's a lot more going on, and it's uh, definitely a bigger challenge, but a lot more fun because I get to kind of dip my toes in a lot of different waters. And uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Situate. Oh, um, so I grew up... Reading the Mariner. Yep. I uh, grew up <laughs> reading all that and thinking about constantly how I could make it better. <laughs> hey, now you have your chance. <laughs> I know. It's hopefully what we're doing. I, yeah. you know, I so distinctly remember being a teenager and, and reading the Mariner and being like, that's what I actually want to do. And it took me about a year or two in the role to realize, holy crap, like that's what I thought when I was younger. And mm. now I'm doing it. So that's fun. It. Yeah. Living the dream. <laughs> uh, if, it's my dream. I don't know. Yeah. If <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone else shares that, but uh, it's definitely fun. I mean, it got me into <laughs> reading that as a kid. And I, I even delivered the ledger when I was in like middle school. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of always been around there. It's just been fun. What made you want to get into uh, journalism? I mean, just kind of that, honestly. I... I'd always read the newspaper. Um, mm-hmm. I was on the newspaper uh, when I went to BC High and the Eagle there. Um, and then when I was in college, I became editor-in-chief of my college newspaper at Trinity um, down there. Then uh, after graduation, I didn't work in anything similar to that. I was living in New York, uh, working in e-commerce operations, totally randomly. I was like, how did you get into that? Uh, I started in the company I worked for in customer service. Well, a girl I had went to school with, she was working customer service there, and they were getting referral bonuses. So they were... Maybe she, I think she referred 10 of us or so, and she got $1,000 for each of them that wow. got hired, uh, which was a lot of us. So we had this kind of crew of friends working in this customer service department, which is a terrible job and uh, <laughs> really tricky and exhausting, but actually teaches you, it taught me a lot, um, particularly in the, the role I'm in now as a reporter, just going out there and talking to different people, interacting mm. with different people, receiving feedback from readers, uh, having that experience of talking to irate customers, talking to confused <laughs> customers, all this kind of stuff, uh, and not reacting with the emotion you might necessarily want to react with all mm-hmm. the time. That was definitely a good training ground for there. So I started, I was doing that for about a year-ish, a little under that, and then I transferred out into an operations department, uh, which was what I had, the department was one that I had specialized customer service in. Um, I kind of got on the team to do that. So I was familiar with people on that team, moved over there, did that for a few more years. Uh, it was drop shipping furniture from different vendors all throughout the country mm-hmm. to customers uh, all around the United States. We did mm-hmm. home goods, we did food and wine, which was a real challenge. Uh, and then I decided after a few years in living in Manhattan that I wanted to come back up to the South Shore because it's uh, where I'm from and I love it here. Uh, so then I started working at Wayfair uh, in Boston. Mm-hmm. When I came back here, that lasted for about a year. Uh, was not a great fit. And then after that, I was, um, you know, down the South Shore, started freelancing for the Mariner, and then got hired a couple months later. Nice. Full-time? Yeah. Full-time. Right um, away? Right away. Uh, well, I freelanced well, after for, the freelance. After freelancing, yep, full-time right away, uh, which is great. It's been a lot of fun. It's a real learning experience every single day. Uh, <laughs> you know, you grow up around these stuff and, you know, town government or just the people that are around and types of businesses and all the challenges that go along with that and all the fun stuff that goes along with that, too. You don't really think about those. Yeah. Um, and 
I think a lot of people know in their silos, they think about that one thing that they deal with with this job, which really I really like is I get to see a bunch of different sides of those things. Mm. And it keeps it interesting and I get to learn a lot about the about a lot of different things. It's not boring. I always say that when everyone asks me what it's like, it's, you know, it's definitely not boring. And people assume that a lot. Yeah. You know, they think, oh, it's a small town. There's, uh, you know, there's not a lot going on. There's enough going on. And I'm this, one person. I'm the only one who covers Marshall. Maybe if there was a bit more of us, it yeah. might get a little stale. Um, but there's enough going on that it really keeps it interesting. A lot of passion in this town. There is. And that makes it great. And you see, you know, having worked and covered a couple other towns and kind of subbing in back and forth, it's not really, this, it's not necessarily the same that I see in other towns. It's definitely much more, uh, people love it here and mm. they care about their community a lot and they care about what they see changing, um, but they also care and other people like care about the changes they want to make. And that's really fun to see and it's fun to track and, you know, we're here to put that down for the record and get that out there and also let people know what's going on because, you know, whether that's good or whether that's bad, those things that are happening affect the people. Absolutely. They um, got to know about it. They have to know about it. And it's trickier in the day and age we live in with social media. I mean, you and I pretty much grew up with it, mm -hmm. but it makes it's a lot different because you can post things online. Anyone can do that. But if you have one source that's constantly doing it, you can hopefully learn to trust that source. Um, so if that's in this case, the Mariner, that if we're going out there and doing these things, you know, hopefully they can know that they can trust what we're saying, that it's that it's out there and it's true. And it, and that something's happening. It can also be a great mouthpiece for organizations that want to get the word out, be they nonprofits or charities and anything running like that. We love covering things with the schools, all that stuff. So it really, it, we can serve a lot of uh, purposes and wear a lot of hats at the same time. And like I said, that, that keeps it really interesting. So you're the only one doing uh, the Marshfield coverage. Yeah, the one full-time staffer. We have a photographer who um, works in the area mm -hmm. and the sports coverage works around the area. So yes. That must keep you really busy. <laughs> it is, and it's fun. I mean, I get to kind of figure out you know, on my own what's happening there. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm the one keeping tabs on that. My boss is kind of, uh, he's dealing with a lot of towns as well. So, you know, he's dealing with, not as well because I'm dealing with just the one, but he's dealing with a lot of towns at the same time. So, you know, he's kind of, they rely on us to let them know what's happening. So it's definitely a lot of organization that was not my strong suit when I started and I continually try and get better. Uh, it's stuff always, you know, in any job falls through the cracks sometimes, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a lot to keep track of and it's very important to keep organized because yeah, things pop up on you and you miss things, you know, you gotta kind of apologize <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and work on that. But what's great is that, you know, once you get super organized with that, you can do, coverage in advance. You can do coverage afterwards. You can kind of rely on the work you've already done to make your future jobs easier mm. um, and kind of build up a repertoire of what's happened so that you can then base it off of there and build off of a story so that people continue to know that this is the story and this is what's happened. And this is what should happen down the road. Do you have any um, kind of favorite stories that you've covered over the last few years? Hmm. Um, Honestly, I forget about a lot of them as like, I, we, I write a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot. And you know, it's, I'm just going to fix my mic. Oh yeah. It's like slowly going down. Oh no. Got to tighten it. Okay. You good? Yeah. Cool. As far as favorite stories, um, you know, I really love covering new businesses in town. So there's a lot that have begun throughout the year. And it's always surprising at the end of the year when we do our year in review and I pull all of our articles and it's like, wow, that many things happened. So that's, mm. that stuff's really fun to do. Those are kind of one-offs. Um, 
you know, I always think back really fondly and people think I'm crazy of storm coverage. So when we had that crazy March in 2018, I believe it was, uh, I was, you know, out in Brant Rock with our photographer for a couple of days, just kind of running back to our car, to, my car to dry off and <laughs> got her camera equipment dry and taking video and talking to people down there and, you know, relying on the generosity of some of the Brant Rock residents, whether to use their bathrooms or dry off or getting some of the heat. Um, but, you know, I grew up in Situate right by the water, um, experiencing those storms growing up. So it's mm. kind of been a, uh, a part of my life for as long as I can remember. So to be able to actually kind of be a part of getting that word out there and sharing that information to people, both the like the wonder of what this crazy stuff looks like as it happens yeah but also the safety information getting people out getting that out to people and making sure that they know that these roads are closed do not go down there there's a you know in our circle famous video of chief Tavares kind of sky yep. you know <laughs> he and mike moresco were over by the church in brent rock and i was just you know i had my phone in my hand so i just kind of threw it up and i was like chief anything you want to say and he just kind of went on this rant <laughs> in his in his wonderful wonderful accent uh that was just so unique and we tracked up lots and lots of views but also got the word out there to people that mm. uh this is something to stay away from so that whole experience was just really overwhelming um and wonderful i kind of once the once the clouds parted, literally, uh, I, I rested for a couple of days before kind of getting back on everything. But just that whole thing was really cool. Um, you know, we and we were recognized by the New England Newspaper Press Association for that coverage as well. We got um, I won first pra- first place in spot news category at wow. last year's awards for that. So that was really cool and kind of a, a culmination of all of the all of that coverage, which is fun. And that's also that whole that whole uh, saga was, I think, a good example too of type of work that the Mariner can do. Cause mm. it wasn't only, you know, our, this was the storm. This is what happened with some wild photos and wild video, but we also had a story, um, in that issue from the Ming dynasty. Cause, uh, you know, Monica there called me up the day after the storm. It was a, we had this crazy thing happen where, you know, we, and I actually, I had been Alyssa, our photographer. We were at the Ming that weekend filing our stories because our office, which was then on Enterprise Drive, was out of power and our generator wasn't working. But the Ming had power, which is right down the street. <laughs> so we were there filing. And so she calls me after the storm and says, "You know, as you know, we had, to, ever, we had everyone write their credit card numbers down uh, because we couldn't run them because we didn't have any because uh, that the phone line or whatever it was that ran that was down. And then when they got that line back up after the storm, every single charge went through." And it was something like 35 grand or something. And oh she was just so goodness. happy that the people were so honest about that. Because you could have you could have given Yeah, them you could just easily. make up a random number. Exactly. So, you know, we, we had the storm coverage. We had the reactions. We had the pictures. And then we also had these kind of human stories that make up what this community is mm. and, and things like that. So that's really, uh, that's definitely one of the highlights of, uh, of that. And then, you know, the other one that I would point to was, you know, and this is also one we got an award over the weekend for, um, was last June, my editors kind of let me, and by that I mean I decided to do it and then told them after it was too late to do a, <laughs> to do a Pride issue for Pride Month, um, which we had not done, to my knowledge, at the, in any of the Wicked Local South units at least. I don't know about larger. Uh, and that was just a huge collection of, I think I did 13 individual stories, and the issue is full of that. It was, you know, stats. It was what the legislators were doing. It was personal stories. It was all this stuff that... You know, again, brought together lots of different voices in the community to tell one cohesive story in a number of different ways. Um, was that the uh, was that one of the ones where you featured uh, one of our former interns, uh, Molly Weber? Yeah, that, that was Mal, it? yeah, Mal, yeah. Um, you know, they were awesome in, in helping out with that. So uh, that was a great part of the story. And, you know, we had a number of other residents, too, that just kind of were comfortable sharing their stories, which was so cool. 
Um, I, I texted them after we won the award over the weekend, letting letting them letting them know. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we came in um, first place for social issues feature story. So that was for the whole issue. And that's for New England. Yeah. So that's the New England Newspaper wow. Press Association. It's for uh, for weekly newspapers, not the dailies. But oh, okay. Still, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I That's mean, awesome. The, the awards are, you know, it's 2020 and we're in the newspaper industry. But just to kind of, <laughs> re, just to be reminded of the work that I did over the summer, it was, you know, seven months ago or so. And mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a lot of work and a labor of love. And I was kind of doing it on my own because I was doing it for the first time and wasn't really sure what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those fun instances of work where I had a small idea. And it was a couple stories. And then as I started working on them, it kind of grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And then it became this whole entire issue full of it. Um, and, you know, as a gay man living on the South Shore, it was just super important for me to have that kind of representation out there. Absolutely. Um, that's not something I saw when I was younger. And that uh, is something I wish I had. So to be in a position to be able to try and do that in the tiniest way possible in one of our small towns. Uh, if I wasn't doing that, I would be kicking myself in the pants for it. So, you know, it's not about pushing any political agenda. It's, you know, it's pretty unbiased and everything. But, you know, this is a segment of our community that I should be should be seen because it's there. Absolutely. And for members of that community to have that representation out there can be a bit, can make a big difference. Just, in, I mean, can speak on my own authority on that as a member <laughs> of that community. So those are, those are some really fun instances of, of, the, of the job and kind of what I've been able to, like, what my, my editors and stuff have given me the freedom to just kind of go and do without really any formal journalism training. <laughs> did, um, did you get any like, um, comments or, uh, thank yous or anything like that from people who have read the articles? Yeah, we got a lot of positive feedback. Um, I was expecting more negative than we got, which was great. Um, That's good. you know, one of the great things about the community is, you know, they're not afraid to tell you what they think. Mm. Um, and that's when it's praise and that's when it's criticism. Um, we got a lot of good feedback from people and not that much negative, which was wonderful and That's a little good. unexpected, to be honest. Um, so that is a sign of movement in the right direction, I yeah, hope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because we're not trying to offend anyone. No. Uh, again, it's not, it might seem like it's a, you know, liberal fake news type of type of situation there, but that's not really the that's not the point. It's not no. the it's not the aim or the goal. And if you're gonna take it that way, then that's that's not. Well, then it's like some the people think like you're just like jamming it down their throat, and it's just like, hey, we're just saying yeah. we're here. Or, like, and and it, you know, with any issue, yeah, we get some feedback sometimes from that where it's like, why are you only sh- highlighting this issue in your letters to the editor? And it's like, well, we're printing what we receive. So, yeah. you know, we're, we welcome and invite anyone to submit anything. Marshall at wickedlocal.com. I mean, send them over. We print them. Uh, you know, we, every, I think it's every August, we receive uh, a ton of editorial submissions from AP English students at the high school. And mm. those cover a broad range of topics of all spectrums. And, you know, we don't have, we don't have a political point of view that we're saying this is what we're printing, this is what we're not printing. It's what we receive. If it's non-offensive and isn't inflammatory and isn't going to cause damage yeah this is a community newspaper it's it's here for you to share your point of view and you know as the as a reporter and as a journalist whenever i am writing about a particular issue that's might have multiple sides to it i'm always trying to reach out to people to get both sides uh does that mean that everyone's going to provide their opinion um no of course not but we definitely have to try to get those out there because it's not our job to promote one point of view over another. It's our job to showcase what the opinions in the community are so that anyone reading it can make an informed decision for themselves and then have that have their own opinion about it. 
um, it's it's definitely a challenge, and we welcome all participation because that's what makes it a better newspaper for us, but more importantly for our readers. Absolutely, and that's actually exactly what makes public access TV like this work. Yeah, we have all the different points of view. Just you know, absolutely. As long as you're not like calling for people's heads on pikes, right. like you know. Exactly. Come in, say your opinions, do your thing, and that's what it's there for. And exactly, it's, we welcome submissions for that all the time. Um, we would love to get more of them. We got, we do get a decent number actually, which is great. Um, it's not not constant, obviously, because not constantly things going on. But mm. you know, it's it's awesome to see that. And you know, please send more. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's 2020. What's the state of the newspaper business looking like from I don't the know. inside? I mean. I, I'm not privy to a lot of those details. I'm just the reporter. Um, yeah. But, you know, we have a really strong online presence. Mm. Um, we have uh, a pretty active uh, readership base online. Uh, social media is huge oh, yeah. for us to get the word out there. Um, we just hit 8,000 likes on our Facebook page, which nice. is which really exciting. Uh, it's been a constant growth process. It's, you know, it's big. I want to say it's like thirty percent growth over the past two years. So wow. you know, the people are out there looking for looking for it. And like I said earlier, hopefully they want to look to a source that is going to be consistent. And hopefully we can do that and not um, screw that up. But you know, there is a need for it for sure mm. out there. Um, it's kind of a balancing act of what local journalism can do versus what the national journalism can do. I mean, I, there's, in my opinion, there's, we don't really have a, a place talking about national issues except for how they impact people here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I had the opportunity to interview Elizabeth Warren a couple of years ago when she was coming to town for a town hall meeting. Mm. And that was fascinating to me because I was obviously pretty intimidated going into it, but you know, she was super knowledgeable about how the issues actually affected this area. Mm. And, you know, if we're going to be talking about things on the national stage, that's how we need to be talking about them is how do they, from the Mariners perspective is how do they affect Marshall residents? They're not looking to us for national news. It's kind of funny. Like, I feel like so many people get so caught up in like the national uh, politics, but they don't pay any attention to local, like the things that actually affect them day to day. I mean, it's true. You and I are always at town meeting Mm -hmm. every, every two times a year. Yeah. I think we had it four times, five times a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, and you know, these it's it's easier to get involved, I think, with things that don't necessarily affect you day to day. Mm. Um, and it's also easier. It's easy to ignore all of it, honestly. Yeah, I went without internet and TV for a couple of weeks, and I was shocked at how little I knew was going on. It Probably was, felt pretty good though. Sort of until I realized that like the impeachment vote was happening, and I missed it. <laughs> <You're> um, like, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it was like, wow. It's like waking up from a drunken night. Like, what happened? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's happening? (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. There's so much that goes on. And it's, you know, I think a lot of opinion about local issues is more reactionary than it is proactive. Mm. Um, And that's a shame because, you know, people, if if you're passionate about an issue, there's no better way to get involved than at the local level. Those opportunities are constantly there for people. And, you know, I'm not a Marshall resident. I'm not a Marshall voter. So no skin. I have no skin in these games. So, but you know, it would, it's always interesting to me when we're at town meeting and there are speakers at the microphone who are uh, just, you know, unversed in the topics that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it kind of can devolve into, uh, kind of a back and forth that's not productive between members of the town government and the residents because there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what's being talked about. Um, and that's 
what I think is part of the role of the newspaper and something we're always trying to improve our what we're doing on there is to get that out there but of course we can only reach so many people absolutely um, but if we can help people understand what they're going to be voting on as they get into a voting body like that then we've done our job um do we always do that of course not um because one person and it relies on me yeah. understanding it too and it's a learning <laughs> process for myself as well but you know it's it, it's true you, you you can't go into a town you can't go into a town meeting expecting to learn what's happening that no, night absolutely not. um and i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing for how a town how a government should work but you know i would it's it's a lot to ask people to to research these things a lot ahead of time mm. it's a lot of work um but that's why the newspaper can come in that's why you know guests on on shows on mctv can come in and, mm -hmm. and explain these people and make it digestible and make it understandable for what's going on because you know, we are sitting in selection meetings, we're sitting in board meetings and mm -hmm. all this stuff. We're reading the town warrants over and over again and, uh, you know, talking with the town clerk about how these things actually work. So we can, so that residents don't necessarily have to. And hopefully we can be a trusted source that they can look to, to, to get those answers so that things can run smoothly. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like people should like, I feel like a lot of people should at least have a decent understanding of what they're going to vote on yeah. at town meeting before Absolutely. they go in like you should not walk in just completely clueless to what it is that you're going to vote on and you'd hope you wouldn't be because yeah but you know I, but i get it too yeah it's a people have busy a lot of work. lives it's a lot of work and you know but also you know you have parents you have people who are doing with heavy jobs and mm -hmm. commuting takes up a lot of time um and all these things are inherently they are more important than town government you yeah. know, your family your job all that stuff is is more important and it is, you know, it's totally understandable when people don't know what's going on. But that's, again, why media has to exist to to make that accessible and make it understandable. Um, that's not the only answer to that, but that's why I'm here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, I think we, I think it's better in Marshall than in some other towns even. You know, there's, because you see, like you said, when we, we started, you know, you see that passion. Oh, yeah. People, the people who know about it know about it. I am always super impressed by certain individuals who get to town meeting and know everything front to back, forward, backwards, everywhere. And Oh, yeah. You know, those the exact are, uh, wording of everything. Yeah. And that's – you can't expect everyone to do that. No. But it's wildly impressive for the people who can. Um, and those people help the meetings go faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they uh, done a pretty uh, they've done a pretty good job of getting those meetings done without going like four yeah. days. Yeah, which is nice. Some towns go crazy, and even you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I know my coworker in Situate, she is in selecting meetings for last week. I think she was there from seven to midnight. Oh my goodness, insane! Conservation meetings go like that sometimes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we don't go to those very often, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's wild. But again, you know, like we said, you can't expect the normal resident to make that kind of time commitment to understand no. what's happening absolutely this is this is too much information yeah it's a big town it's a, there's a lot going on like like again roll back to our first point like yeah you know it's a big town with a lot going on um and you know people have the best intentions it's not like we're trying necessarily to you know expose any wrongdoing there it's something like we say we'll talk about what's going on but it's just so people understand where their money's being spent you know do you want to complain about tax dollars absolutely understandable but you should probably pair that with also understanding where that tax money is going so um when you put on an article do you ever get any like hate from people yeah for sure 
How um, do you deal with that? Well, like I told you, I worked in customer service before. Um, you know, we cover a lot of crime stories, and I absolutely understand people's frustrations with that. Uh, it is totally reasonable to have an emotional reaction when it's someone you know that's you know been arrested or charged with a crime or anything like that. Um, what I say to those people is we treat them all the same exact way. Um, we're not picking and choosing which which crimes were uh, which crimes we're covering. You know, we have a sort of baseline that anything that's an arrest that's you know more serious than like a, a like a lights violation or something. Mm-hmm. But even if sometimes there's a lights violation and I got arrested, if there's an arrest from something like that, sometimes there's a bigger reason. So it's kind of from that threshold up, we're pretty pretty sturdy, uh, pretty committed to covering all those um, because that's the only fair way to do it, in my opinion. Uh, mm. You know, you can't pick and choose because then you're there's a there can become an accusation of bias when you do that. Instead, we're covering them all, and that's just the way it is. Uh, and it's it's hurtful um, sometimes, but I get it. I totally, yeah. absolutely get it. And I wish that you know the these individuals weren't in those situations because it's, it's no one would ever wish to be in those. Situations no, it's like life changing, and it's yeah, absolutely. Now everybody knows. Um, yeah, and it's the internet, and it's it's a reality that it's never know, gonna go away. It's not gonna go away. And you know the the reality of it also is say we we don't we don't delete. Um, Articles off of our website. Mm-hmm. It's the policy that we don't do it. Um, if you know, uh, if there's like a disposition from the courts or something that is an update to it that the individual or their family asks us to add, we'll often do that. But even if we were to go through our system and somehow find a way to delete it, that's still going to show up in the Google searches. Um, it's it's out there. That's I get it. It sucks. Mm. It sucks. Um, but the only way to cover crime, which is you know, I say this to people a lot too. It's a bedrock of American journalism going dating back to the 1800s. Um, that's why we have the kind of newspaper world we have today is because they focused a lot of their energy on, on covering those kind of things, but it's, it's a public service as well. It's, this is, you know, talk about how's your, how are your tax dollars being spent? You, know, you pay for this police department and these are your, these are your neighbors, these are your peers. And, um, they are, you know, there's the things that happen and the police get involved. And in order to maintain a sort of base level of fairness, we have to cover all of that. I'd say the majority of the criticism, or I don't want to call it like hate or whatever you call it. Yeah, I, I don't want to call it hate, that. But um, it's a strong word. No, and, and you know, the, whenever you have a situation with anyone that you care about, you're going to have emotion or reaction. You just are positive or negative. Mm. So I get it. I get it when people. Um, send us emails or Facebook messages or calls and leave voicemails and stuff like that. It's part of the job. Um, I have to remind myself not to take it personally um, because I, you know, I'm just the reporter doing that. I don't have anything. And the other thing I always say too, I feel like I'm repeating myself on that, uh, but is you know we were our typical thing is that we report on the arrest. We don't report on the crime. So the information we're getting is all public all coming directly from the police department based on their arrest reports and the recollections of the officers. Um, we're not, we don't have the bandwidth or the manpower to follow up on each one of these individual things, nor does it, nor is that really like as pertinent. Um, we're again, reporting on the, the activities of the police department and that includes a lot, includes arrests. Um, it's, but again, I understand where these people are coming, where people are coming from when they have a, an adverse reaction to what we're doing, but that's not really enough. That's not going to change as far as I, you know, can see. Um, how do you think, um, 
being a reporter, everybody knows who you are in Marshfield pretty much. I don't know about that, but well, a lot of people, people do. do. Yeah. Um, you're, um, when you go and talk with people, not as a reporter, do you feel like they're afraid to tell you certain things or talk to you in a certain way because, you know, you're a reporter and they've got like that in the back of their mind? You ever Maybe get that sometimes. vibe from people? Yeah, um, occasionally, but I don't live in Marshfield. True. If I'm here, you know, I it's, I, it's mostly it's not, I, I mean I hang out here sometimes. I have friends here, but you know for the most part I'm here for work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that there's a lot that people are hiding. Yeah. I, I I'm not. A, I, I hope I'm not. I don't. I hope I don't ever come off across as like an aggressive person or no. something you should be scared of. No, so definitely not. Yeah. I mean I I try and be. I'm a, I'm a goofy person. Um. I I think a key to doing this job well is to not take it. Not not appear to take it too seriously. Um, obviously, I'm very serious about journalism and of course. keeping the truth out there. But you know, as a, as an individual and personality wise, I can't, can't take it too seriously because you know a lot of the stuff we do is fun and goofy and stuff. And, and, and like, I, like you said, the variety of of the work. You know, I can be jumping from being in court and covering an arraignment to going to a science fair to school to you know going to a event at the Audubon, anything like that. You know, you can go from thing to thing to thing. You can't take it all too seriously. Um, so I think that, you know, there's a lot of stuff people want out there too. And I think that being a friendly face and, a, you know, approachable person who's not aggressive or, or yeah. taking, or again, taking themselves <laughs> seriously allows those people to share that kind of stuff too. Um, like we have a, this week we have a Valentine's day feature coming out tomorrow on the, so it's today's the, today's Tuesday. Yeah. It's coming out Wednesday and I got I believe I think it was ten Marshfield couples to kind of tell me how how they met and how they've been together and what keeps them strong. So like we can do that kind of thing. But I think if I think people know that I'm approachable enough, and if they're comfortable enough to tell me about those kind of things, then hopefully I'm doing my job and that they're and I know hopefully people aren't trying to hide things. Yeah, and if they are, that's their right. Yeah, they don't have. My friends always make a joke. Um, off the record, off the record, off the record. When we were talking about anything, <laughs> um, as if like anything we were talking about would ever even relate to anything I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't not. I'm not out there to make anyone look appear in a bad light. You know, like I, I'm a human too. It's it's you know we live in a community and this is community journalism. And not we're not doing a lot that's exposing people. Yeah, and. I think people understand. I think people understand that. So, I mean, I feel like usually when people are doing something nefarious in a small town like this, everybody already kind of knows. Yeah, you know, you find that a lot when you publish things because we're not going to write, we're not going to include everything that we can't verify. Yeah. But you hear things and mm-hmm. people come up with those same questions to me. Oh, did you hear about this part of it? Did you hear about this part about it? And, you know, you can't verify that. And, you know, I'm not sure it would be in good taste to include those, some of those things anyway. Um, this isn't about any specific thing, but just in general. Yeah. So, and I think that if they were doing something nefarious, they <clears throat> might just avoid being around me if they were Probably. scared of that. But I don't <laughs> think that's a situation that really comes up that much. Um, hopefully. And if it does, like, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, it again, comes to the job. It's part of it. I don't know. What are you hiding, Sean? What am I hiding? <laughs> what am I hiding? <laughs> nothing, I hope. Uh, nothing comes to mind. But. Crossed. Yeah, right. Not <laughs> forget about anything. Yeah, right. Like, oh. I forgot to take that body out of the trunk. <laughs> like, no. Um, I always make jokes of that with some of the people in town, like, you know, fake headlines to humiliate each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake news. Dead body found in the back of the truck. Mm. 
You haven't gotten back to me? I'm going to make a story up about you now. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is I have a good relationship with so many people in town that mm. that and that's one of the things that comes with having done the job for a few years is you get to build those relationships with people and um, they know that they can trust you to get, oh, get the word out there um, and that they can also trust you to, you know, get it right. So what do you do for fun? Um, I do a lot of other things for fun. Um, <laughs> I love listening to podcasts. Nice. Um, I, I bake, a lot, bake a lot. I'm a big baker. Really? Yep. I do a ton of sugar cookies. Ooh. Um, I sell those on the side as well, side business there. How much do those cost? Um, usually about $3 a cookie. Oh. Yeah. They're big? Uh, yeah, they're, they're highly, they're, de- they're sugar cookies decorated with like royal icing. So they're all nice. kind of highly decorated. Um, yeah, they're all on my Instagram. If you want to follow, you want to see them. I want to do that. I love sugar cookies. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do that for fun. I love baking. I love trying around new recipes and doing things like that. I love cookbooks. Um, I also do a lot of sewing and crafting and stuff like that. I, um, another side business, I make Hawaiian shirts for babies and toddlers. I remember you telling me yeah. about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been to the Levitate Festival for the past few years doing that. So that's always fun. I do that online as well. Nice. Um, audiobooks, uh, occasionally going to the gym when I get the energy up. <laughs> when you're feeling it. Yeah. See my friends <laughs> listening to Taylor Swift. Uh, what else is fun? I'm going to the cons <laughs> Taylor Swift at Gillette in August and I can't wait. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't relax that well. I like to be busy and doing things. Um, like and keep and the hobbies that things, are, keep, yeah. yeah. Which is why like my AirPods are like the best thing I've ever bought because I keep wires free and I can do all my crafting and baking and stuff and not nice. have to worry about wires. But uh, yeah, I don't sit still well. Um, <laughs> well, you're doing a great job right thank now. Thank you. I, I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> I've shifted like a thousand times. That's all right. But um, yeah, no, I, you know, baking and sewing are my two biggest hobbies there. Um, and like usually I do that with audiobooks or podcasts. Um, I love Bravo TV, which is really embarrassing. Um, but so I think that's so like fun. one step above TLC. Like, oh, it's it's multiple steps above <laughs> TLC because um, TLC, yeah, it's multiple steps above. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, I like reality TV a lot. Big Survivor fan. New season starting tomorrow night. I think uh, it's really exciting. It's all the entire cast is people who have previously won a season. It's the first time I've done it like that, and I'm really excited. I am a low-key a big Jersey Shore fan. Oh, good. Does that, <laughs> does that include Family Vacation? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I have not seen Family Vacation, but I loved the old old series when it was on. It's different. It's like... Um, Isn't the situ- Was the situation out of jail for it? Uh, he just got out of jail. He's been in jail for like the last season or so. It was tax evasion? Uh, yeah, tax okay. evasion. It's gotta pay your taxes, folks. That's like the that's the that's the that's the story, right? That's the classic example. Yeah. It's the Jersey Shore. Wow. Yeah. It's a blast from the past. Was I it know. as good when we went to Italy? I stopped when they went to Italy. I mean, it's all garbage, but it's entertaining right. garbage. So. Do you have like a duck phone in your house? No, that'd be funny. Yeah, God, me yeah. and my girlfriend just like marathoned Jersey my Shore. And I. My girlfriend and I. Thank the writer in the room, folks. <laughs> 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 uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, we've marathoned uh, like pretty much every season of Jersey Shore over the course of like a month and a half. Oh, wow. Oh, We're so just, you like, just got into it. Like, mm, well, probably like, like October to like Still, November wow. and then caught up with the season as Holy it like cow. aired. Yeah. Wow. That's are just like one day we're just like Jersey Shore's on Hulu. Why don't we just, let's just watch, Hulu. let's just watch Jersey Shore. It's good thing <laughs> I didn't know it was on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what are you going to watch next? Like, you know, you're caught up. Uh, what have I been watching? Um, Hell's Kitchen. Okay, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I love Gordon Ramsay. 
He's so mean. He's not, though. He's brutally honest. I guess that's not the same thing. He's just very... When he when you mess up, he tells you. and Deserve it. He'll call you a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and you typically deserve it, but... <laughs> as long as only when you deserve it, I think it counts as not yeah. mean. Like every every time he criticizes someone, I'm like, yes, they were they were in the wrong. I'm not sure. I, I guess it's different management style, right? Yeah. yeah. But but the, at the same time, like, he's the type of person like if you're doing something great, he'll tell you you're doing great. He's like, fantastic job, right. like you know, great job, nothing but praise. But it's like that. You do bad, you get told bad things. You do good, you get told good things. I when I I, I had held off on watching Below Deck on Bravo for a while, and in the past Below couple of weeks, so it's about. There's Below Deck, there's Below Deck Mediterranean, and then there, now there's Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Um, so it's about the crew of, like, mega yachts, basically. Oh, wow. Um, it's a reality show, obviously, because I'm Bravo. I'm, they only do a couple <laughs> scripted things. But uh, one of my friends made me start watching it finally. I was always into, like, Housewives and things like that. But um, <laughs> this, it's it's great. It's a great show. Love Below Deck. Um, mm-hmm. But what I found really interesting is it's so much of it ends up being about their different management styles. Hmm. So, like, there's... The, the captain who's at the top and then underneath the captain which is a male on below deck regular and a female on below deck med uh there's a bosun which is like the head of the deck crew there's the chef and then there's the chief stew and they each have well the chef doesn't have a crew underneath them but the chief stew and the bosun have crews underneath them and they're all kind of these kind of kooky characters but uh you kind of see how they Man, how what their management styles are, and then how these different personalities relate to their management styles, and it's kind of a fascinating look into that because it's a high pressure environment where they're also living together and all this stuff. You know, people want to, you know, they, it's reality TV. It's nothing groundbreaking, but like it is interesting to kind of jump into those things and see those and kind of pull something out of it because, you know, they are there's something there's something there. People enjoy that, but you know, you recognize the benefits of like positive reinforcement versus the Gordon Ramsay style yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and things like that. And what do people react to? Because not everyone's going to react to the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of, I see that a lot in our, our, like in in the Mariner world, what we do. It's, you know, I, so part of my job is also, so we, I, you know, I cover whatever goes on in Marshfield except for sports. And then I'm also in charge of the social media. So the Facebook page and everything like that. So you can see the different, like I, like when you're doing something like the Facebook page with a large audience on there, you can see the different like level of reaction based on how you phrase things, based on how you react to people. So if there are people commenting and you, you know, you have to kind of see what their mood is and if you want to respond to it, how are you going to respond to that and what is the re- going to be the result of the way that you respond? And that's just fascinating to me. It's, you know, how do you, how do you get the reaction that you want while also making that person satisfied? Hmm. Um, kind of playing some like 4D social media chess there. I think that's just called like life, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Growing up and being mature, unfortunately. Yeah. We <laughs> know the meme culture really cling well. To life. You, you got to go really gray. I was uh, balding. So <laughs> You're just losing it. No, I just got rid of it. Too, <laughs> to shave it, you know. Too embarrassing to, to go thin. That was all Sean Costello's fault. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's balding. He's too. got we the same thing. Yeah. So he has a shaved head. And we were out at, we were out to breakfast. Um, we both got into like the fabrication class at the high school does their boat launch every spring and we had both gotten the time wrong and ended up being there early. So we went over to the hop to get breakfast and he's, he's like, James, you should, you should, you should jump. You should just make the jump. Shave your head. Shave your head. Just, you should just do it. And I was like, but I have a beard. He's like, so do I. I was like, okay, cool. And then like the next day I texted him cause I had just shaved it all off. <laughs> and I love it. It That's was all great. It took? 
Yeah, that was pretty much all it took. I've been kind of thinking about it in the back of my head for a while. Um, it <laughs> was intended? Great. Yeah. Oh, no, not intended. Damn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I can swear. That's all right. Um, the big thing I didn't rec- realize, though, is I kind of for- I had to go to uh, cover the Pembroke graduation a couple days later, mm-hmm. and I totally just blanked on that I was going to need to sunscreen my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I like got to the, I got to the, the bleachers at Plymouth at uh, Pembroke rather, and then I realized there was sun being down on my scalp. So I like left my laptop there with some stranger, and then ran to CVS, got some sunblock, and then just like slathered up. All over the head. <laughs> <laughs> no lather, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Is that a weird word? I, I just don't associate it with sunscreen. That's more like oily. Kinda, I don't know. What would be the proper term? Apply sunscreen. <laughs> okay. Just rub it on there. It was lathering. You're doing something wrong. It's like so. a soap, right? I get. You're the you're the one that writes well, more than I do. It's true. It's true. Um, All I do is talk, man. Like no, to think about it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a different skill set entirely. That's for yeah. sure. It's interesting to be on the uh, on this side of things. Mm. Usually, when I ask them the questions. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that would come into play today. I was wondering how you'd feel about being interviewed instead of being the interviewee. Well, I never shut up in general. you were. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I never shut up. I, I talk all the time. <laughs> um, except like sometimes when I get home after being at the job all day, I just kind of want to um, sink in a little bit and not not talk. But I, I'm a talker for sure. Um, so I I think it's fun. <laughs> That's good. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely a different side of the side of the coin, but... It's a relaxed environment, which is, you know, not not a high, you're not a high pressure guy, Sean. No, no. I hope that's not offensive. I uh, I manage stress pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're not inti- you're not intimidating. It's a comfortable environment. I've known you for long enough that it's not too weird. <laughs> yeah, no gotchas here. No, definitely. I like, texted you that ahead of time. I was like, what? What is this? What yeah, you're like, are you gonna meet too many? What are you doing like, here? Uh, what do I have to wear? No. Nope. <laughs> which is perfect. Our next segue. We're gonna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bringing all your victims now. Oh, well, victims? No. Jeez. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I'm a pacifist. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can uh, make you feel comfortable enough to come on camera here and just yeah. chat for a while. I mean, why not? Yeah. Like, just I'm always out. Be casual. Just chit-chatting. That's one of the fun, th- funny things that happens a lot when uh, we're at work is we have a photographer and it's like something's going on and we're not like you want to get out of the picture so like kind of running around behind the photographer trying to make sure we're not in their shots yeah while we're doing things and then sometimes it just doesn't work and you're just in the background so i was like still looking for somewhere else to go <laughs> usually it's successful though just crop me out <laughs> it just crop me out just photoshop you get out. that just... illusion that we're all the same person yeah <laughs> it's fun though it's got you know it's lots of fun things coming up this year so i'm like waiting for winter to be over mm-hmm. not that we had much of a winter no, um, real, i think it's only snowed like twice I and mean, it was both like before christmas which yeah. is crazy it usually never, never happens. happens yeah who knows but once it's spring it'll be beautiful and nice i hope so hey better be <laughs> it better be yeah after a <laughs> maybe it'll be snowing in june like who the hell knows yeah that that's happened before when i was in college like i, I think i tell this story all the time but uh when i was a freshman i think it was like march and we had just come back from like spring break or whatever it was 80 for like three straight days. Jeez. So everyone is in the park across yeah. the street at Westfield. They uh, it's Stanley Park, but for that week it was Stanley Beach, uh. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the air smelled like wacky tobacco. And oh, no. uh, and uh, it wasn't legal then. No, huh? it wasn't. And uh, <laughs> and uh, red solo cups were everywhere. But then two days later it was snowing and 20 degrees out. I'm like, how? Did, New England. How? Like, England. how did this happen? Like, New England. It's beautiful. <laughs> Fingers crossed that we don't have to suffer through that. Well, it's, oh, I know. 
Like, <laughs> I'm dying for shorts weather again. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm ready for summer. I'm ready for it to not be pitch black at like 6 o'clock. That's the thing. It's gotten a little bit better. It's getting better every day. A little bit like by Stay a little positive. bit. Yeah. Get some positive stuff going on there. <laughs> Gotta believe it's gonna happen. No. Yep. Because it will. Um, it's like a month away. Month I and a half? I think it's... Yeah, and less than before daylight savings well, see, kicks in. It's in March. Well, I don't know about that, but spring starts in March, right? Yeah, the twenty first. Twenty first. Yeah. So that's. Did that groundhog see a shadow? It did whatever the thing for an early spring is. I don't. Okay. Know. So I think it's. I don't, He's on point this year. Let me I don't tell get you. that. What does that mean? Does that mean he? <laughs> if he sees a shadow, I but, think. But but does that mean that he has a shadow or that he like turns around and look? Like I don't understand the logistics of this situation. I don't know, this is like some like kooky like Salem witch trials like era like does, does a witch superstition or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the groundhogs see a shadow or not? But is it <laughs> that he has a shadow? Is it that it's cloudy, or is it that he actually sees the shadow? How do they even know if he sees it or not? I saw Peto wants them to use a robotic. There was a, some article that they want him to use the robotic groundhog instead of Punxsutawney Phil or whatever. <laughs> The groundhog works one day a year. Like, I want that schedule. <laughs> right? But I don't want like to have the weather hopes of millions relying on some archaic confusion. I mean, God, I hope no one really like believes no, in that. Like just, just Bill Murray. <laughs> just Bill Murray. Just Bill Murray, yeah. That was a good movie. It's a great movie. Apparently a decent music Broadway musical too. Really? Yeah. I never would have known. I've it was came out a couple years ago. I don't, I don't. I don't. Didn't see it, but just heard that. <laughs> All I know is that the set was like sort of designed around a clock or something, which makes sense. Because hmm. um, it's all about repeating the same day over yeah. and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's always like I don't. I don't super get musicals, but I think it's so funny that they make so many of these movies into musicals and stuff. Um, Sometimes it feels like um, like either when they make a book into a movie or a movie into a game or a game into a movie or like you're just like trying to dip the well the, yeah dip into different coffers like well, i wonder if it's like the companies who own the rights to these are the only ones that can afford to put these things on yeah that's what i have to guess you know because i think they're making a hamilton movie now too yeah they are and i just watched the trailer today for the in the heights movie which mm. is based on lin-manuel miranda's previous tony award-winning musical um which is I can't remember who was in it, but it's directed by the same guy who directed Crazy Rich Asians, which was great. So mm. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I hope they're doing a sequel. It's based on a book, so. It's based on a trilogy of books. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, but there's definitely I a sequel. I think it's literally Crazy Rich Asians, but. That's what the book, that's what the first book is called. I don't oh. know what the second and third ones are called. Crazier, Richer Asians. Asians. No, they're. <laughs> the craziest, richest, Asianist. <laughs> I don't think that is what it is. <laughs> I hope it's not what Working it is. title. Yeah, right? Well, they're already, yeah. I know my friends read them, so hopefully. That's yeah, cool. It's a fun movie. Uh, cats. <laughs> I heard they're remaking that again. Wait, like, what? They're, they're reworking it. The movie? Yes, the movie that just came out and flopped. They're yeah. reworking it to re-release it because Good. it was so bad. Well, my, my friend and I kept trying to go see it because we went to see this. We, we saw the trailer for it when we went to go see the, this god-awful Christmas movie that came out last year uh, called Last Christmas. Oh, and yeah. It was... Uh, With uh, Amelia Clark. Yep. And, and the, the guy, guy from, from Crazy Rotations. Yes. Um, it was really bad. <laughs> it was incredibly bad. Um, but we saw the trailer for Cats, and so it was, just looked so crazy that we were like, we have to see it. And then by the time we got around to trying to see it, it was already like pulled out of theaters and wasn't there. So maybe we'll get the chance now. So I hear they're playing it at Alamo Draft Houses now, which I don't think we have up here, but um, they're like playing it. Is that like a beer house? 
It's uh, it's like a chain of movie theaters that serve, I guess, serves beer or whatever. Okay. But um, they do like because you need beer to, to actually. Watch well, they do this like movie. themed showings, I guess, <laughs> for a bunch of different movies and and whatnot. So they apparently it's like finding a second life in the cult status already. But maybe if they're cutting it, we can see it. Yeah. Did I you review it on MCTV? No. Uh, we actually don't have any movie reviewers. I'm kind of surprised. Sounds like you have another job, another hat to put on. I know. I just put on another hat and just watch movies and review them. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, listen, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, as I said, so she was in Cats. Yeah, so. You and Jen both, actually. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Did you watch the documentary? Yeah, I did not. It was not. so good. <laughs> Jen says yes, yeah. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> Highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was good, though. It was. Um, you know, she's obviously going to be a little guarded whenever, but of course she's, uh, it's uh, what I kind of didn't realize. I mean, I knew this, but it was kind of surprising to see it all laid out, like how long her career has been. Oh, she's been in our consciousness for over a decade. Was she 29 now? No, I think she's 30. She 30. I think she's 30. Um, I know she's a few years older than me and I'm 27. So, and she's been famous since she was like, what, 15, 16? Something like that. Yeah. I remember, I remember, I, you know, I remember first came over like in, when i was in college and like love story and you belong with me were coming out and friend abby uh played me that song for the first time but that was her second that was fearless which was her second album it's like she'd already been around doing that crazy um and i was in college a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> but she's still killing it she's growing up so you know i'm happy for her yeah which is so stupid to say for a rich i know right? but like <laughs> respect her enough she but. making that money yeah hey, she's a creative person and she actually writes her music and does her thing and is successful so it's marketable can't hate on that yeah well you can but i, I mean don't, i don't think we should a lot of people do <laughs> yeah a lot of people do it's really not fair they're just jealous they're not making that cheddar i mean that's for sure <laughs> oh, you love these crazy terms that are <laughs> your catchphrase <laughs> i don't know i don't think i have one but you gotta workshop it right yeah shop it around right Try it on different podcasts yeah I mean, you, you have the opportunity you might as well yeah as long as it's not gotcha no. Joan Calamezzo took that. <laughs> you watch Parks and Rec? Uh, no, surprisingly. Oh, okay. I've seen The Office like 17 times through. Yeah. Never. I've seen like the first four episodes of the Parks and Rec, just haven't picked it up. It's one of those shows no everyone says reason. you have to get through the first two seasons and then yep. it gets good. I still love the first and second season still. The first season's totally different than the second season, but I still mm. love them all. Um, I love that dry humor. But it's also, I think, a lot of people ask me if like covering marshfield is like being on parks and rec and sometimes it, yes sometimes it definitely <laughs> yes is. Uh, it's yeah 100 percent yes uh you go to some of these public meetings and you know it's obviously a dramatized and exaggerated hyperbolic exp, exp uh, you know not explanation whatever the word but yeah every time a town meeting comes around we circulate a video around the office it's uh like a the what's it called the people of pawnee or something like that oh, yeah uh, where it's like just like a super cut of just like ridiculous questions people say at like meetings I in the show sandwich didn't have mayonnaise yeah on. <laughs> <laughs> why wasn't there mayonnaise on it yeah. <laughs> uh people aren't that bad in real no, life. no no we no, get a good no. laugh out of it yeah because it's, it's more ridiculous than what we're gonna see yeah for sure hopefully Congrats. hopefully I mean, I mean so far there's been some funny work. questions yeah there always are but they, you know we usually with the best intentions oh yeah i mean every time almost every time someone's getting up there they're being sincere yeah i think there's only been one or two times where i felt like yeah and even when they do that it's for a purposeful there's a reason yeah you know it's obviously not that they want to get exactly what they're asking for but you know their the question points out a truth that is out there Mm. um, which is fair to point out i think yeah 
Saying it for a reason. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (sighs) So, um, anything else you want to pick my brain about? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Um, being a a gay man in 2020, how do you feel like the landscape is for gay people in America? God, or just that? I know it's a very broad topic. I mean, you can't like. I I would never try and speak for everybody to that because it's going to be totally different for your anecdotal experience. Yeah, I mean, again, my anecdotal experience is going to be very different than even another, you know, white 31 year old man um, anywhere else because I'm on the South Shore where there's, you know, uh, there's fewer people and there's fewer gay people as a a result of that. Um, That's something, you know, you know, when you choose to live here, Um, that's part of it. Uh, I think that, you know, as a white person in general, I just am much more privileged than uh, other you know people of color um, who are also in the LGBT community. And so if I were to complain about anything that I have to deal with, it would just pale in comparison to that. Um, you know, I have it so relatively easy with, you know, I've incredibly, I've never had a real issue. You know, my parents have always been super supportive. My family's That's always awesome. been super supportive. When I came out, I told my fraternity first and they were incredibly supportive and, and wonderful and immediately trying to set me up with guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I recognize a lot every day that like, you know, while the, while, you know, being a gay person comes with inherent differences mm. and some of this can be really challenging that, uh, you know, I am in a, I'm in a position and in a place where it's a lot easier for me than it is for a lot of other people in, you know, the same situation in else in other circumstances. So I totally recognize that. Um, and you know, I think what is most enlightening to me about it is just so much of that affects your, your mental health and your psyche and, um, that being aware of that and trying to address those things can just be such a, like a lifesaver in terms of, uh, maturing and growing forward and understanding like what it is that you want and who you are and understanding because you know with the the pride issue we talked about earlier i wrote um a piece in it about my personal experiences and the way i summed it up to try to sum it up to people who kind of to you know cisgendered heterosexual people that you know haven't had to experience had to obviously have an experience being it's like when we grow up we are we are shown things all the time that are, you know, heteronormative, which is an annoying word, but you know, things down, like I think the example I used was things down to like plugs are na- labeled male and female based on how mm-hmm. they, you know, you know, how they go together. Yeah. Uh, there's a dichotomy in everything that is male and female. And when you're growing up and you see that, what that says to anyone is that that's what's correct and that's what's right and that's what's normal. So then when you grow up and you realize that that's not the th- situation that you yourself are in, uh, you feel othered immediately. Um, and yeah. it's gotten so much better, I think, for people where that's an understanding that being gay is a thing that exists and is out there in the world, um, that that isolation is probably lessened in modern times, even compared to like when I was growing up 20 years ago, but it's still probably not great. Um, and there's, you know, to understand that when people are expressing themselves in a certain way, it doesn't have anything to do with the other people in the room. It has everything to do with that individual themselves. And when they're being loudly expressing who they are, that's not something that they've been able to do forever. That's a privilege that they get to do that. And to be critical of that is, is pretty silly. Yeah. Um, 
it's not harming anyone else. No. Um, it's, people just want to be themselves. Yeah. And I get that. I get it. It can be uncomfortable. It's something you don't understand. It's something that, you know, if it's something that's unusual to you, if it's yeah. not something you, but turn that around. And these, and people like myself grew up living when everything was something that was, didn't make sense to us. It just didn't make sense. Was that tough at, um, <clears throat> at BC high? Um, cause I know it's a Catholic school. Yeah, I wasn't out then. Not really. Jesuits are Pretty fairly open-minded. Um, I was just, it's, I wasn't, it wasn't like a really, BCI wasn't really like a real social experience for me. I okay. had some friends, um, but it was academics. It was Because yeah, you don't all live in the same town. And all. Right, exactly. So you're commuting there and you're always very busy. And what's also funny is that when you have a majority heterosexual group of men uh, and there are no girls around, mm -hmm. they act so much different and are just nicer and just, they're not competing for other, they're not competing with each other. Oh, oh, exactly. Oh, oh, and it's, oh, it's, 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 it's wild <laughs> to see that because that, that whole, so like I said, it's not really a social experience the, yeah. that that's removed. So in general, it's just kind of a more low key, I think in that environment, that was my experience then at least. Um, so that wasn't really a super issue. Um, I just think that it's, it was, I mean, again, when I say it was tough growing up, I like, I am fully aware that like my experiences were not, uh, comparatively that terrible, mm -hmm. but you know, you, when you don't feel like you belong to a certain group or you can't express something that, uh, you don't even really understand yourself, uh, it makes it even harder to understand what that thing is. And it takes time. Um, and that's why representation in media and things I think is so important is that, kids who are growing up, they are feeling these ways that they like, I can't explain it, but you know, it's like, you know, you can't explain it, but you know that that's what you are and who you are. And it's not some choice. It's not something. It's just, that's what it is. And as natural as it feels for straight people to feel straight, it feels as natural for gay people to feel gay, but they don't get the luxury of understanding that all the time and putting examples out there of people who are living that way lets them know that it exists. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's a step forward. That even this yeah. okay is another step down the line. Yeah. But knowing that it exists at all. Yeah. That's not something I had when I was growing up. And I can distinctly remember the, the time when I realized what it was and how, and it was, it was in the Patriot ledger. Um, I was reading something when I was a paper boy and huh. I, then it clicked that, Oh, this, uh, uh, this makes sense. And then everything else comes a lot later. Like, how you deal with this? What does this mean? What does this mean for my future? All these things. And we've come so far in the past 20 years uh, as far as advancing that cause. But I just think, you know, there's a lot of, I don't even, I don't take it. It's, it was never something that I was super into talking about that much. Uh, not because I was like ashamed or anything, but because I just have not, like I said, my experience is pretty simple. Um, I don't, I didn't face too much adversity in that respect. And so you feel like you're, you know, living very inside your head about these things. And it, you know, it is going to often pair for myself, you know, paired with depression and anxiety and, and learning to deal with those as a teenager and later in life kind of helps you come to realize what is, how do those two things work together mm -hmm. to, to influence how you're acting and how do you, how do you act in a way that's going to make you feel happy? And what are the things that, make you feel comfortable and who are the people that you want around you that are going to do that because you don't get to choose all of those things, but you do get to choose how you react and you get to choose how you want to feel and you can work on those things. You can't always change everyone around you, but you can choose how you're going to react to them. 
you can choose sometimes that you're not going to be around those people. Um, so, you know, it's a maturing pro it's a, it's a maturation process. And I'm so impressed constantly when I meet younger people who, I mean, I'm 31. So I'm going to meet younger people who are confident about where they are and also understand that like where they are now isn't necessarily where they're going to be in five years. And that they're going to change that because they're allowed. So a lot of these kids nowadays are allowed to live that way and not like allowed to live that way as in like, I'm not saying that I wasn't, but they're yeah. aware of it. And there there's examples in the media, there's examples on TV, there's examples in the community of people that can live that model and that it's an option for them. And they get to do that a lot earlier. And there's a tinge of jealousy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is, you know, that's not something you can ever change, but you can change how you go forward. So like, it's, it's definitely, I'm always impressed by these younger kids, like on, you know, when I did the pride issue, talking to some students at MHS last year, including Mall, for that, like the the comfort and discomfort and comfort with what they were comfortable speaking about, and the kind of acknowledgement of where of areas that were more gray is such a it's like that's so smart. Um, it's great. So I don't know where that's a pretty roundabout answer to your law, to your question. Yeah, that was informative though. I hope so. Um, <laughs> And again, like I, I don't like talking about those things, like I said, but I think it's important to sometimes talk about those things because the only way people who don't understand are going to understand is yeah. to talk about it. And that is such a, a truth for us, so many things. But That's great. I mean, you've been able to, with not only that article, but just like kind of like living as who you are, that you get to show that younger generation. Like I hope so, a little bit. fine. I mean, whether you realize it or not, you do because you just, you know, you're going about your life like a regular... Right everyday yep. person, person. Yep. and dress like a slob and yeah. <laughs> dirty car and <laughs> yeah just living life and not fitting those stereotypes yeah no. well no i it's not it, the stereotypes but um no just, you know just living life just being stopped after yeah yeah and that's uh, hopefully you know that's something that's the only way to, to do it's not, yeah. it's not doing anything you're just kind of living but you know it's is it always super comfortable to know, like, you're, do I get into environments and hear things from people that I don't want to hear and don't make me feel comfortable? For sure. But like that come that ha that happens in being a reporter too. Yeah. <laughs> That's life. Everyone's always in situations which they don't feel comfortable. Um, and you just got to remind yourself of that. You got to, you know, people always want to say like, Oh, it doesn't define me. It's not who I am. But like about being gay. And I just, while that's sort of true, yeah, it's not as productive to think about it that way. I don't think. Um, I was like that for a long, long time, and to say that it's it certainly doesn't define you, but it's part of your definition, sure, and it needs to be, because otherwise, you know, you you, you can choose to ignore it and you're fine. And that's totally great. Um, but most people don't, and at the end of the day, you kind of have to be a a representation of something for someone at some point. And if it's something you like for me, if that's something that I had wanted to see when I was younger, I have to do that now. I have to be that person because, uh, so hopefully there's someone out there who was like me when I was little and they won't feel so uncomfortable and they won't feel so sad and they will get, they will get and understand like what, what they are and who they are or something like that. So I don't know. Sorry. Getting a little, no, that was perfect. A little emotional. I like that. I like, um, I have no, I have no like sense of errors that that's actually what happens, but hopefully I'm hopeful that some, for at least like one or two people, maybe that's, Hey, that's how you feel. And yeah, 
you never know how people are gonna see how you are like how yeah. they see you you know one thing um, i do always do which i think is fun oh i always when i wear a hat a lot of times like especially in the winter oh, mm -hmm. i always wear a hat basically it's weird that i'm not right now um <laughs> but i have baseball hats that i wear in the summertime and i after i started reporting i put a, like a little pride flag pin on the side of it mm -hmm. um mostly because if I'm like when I go to schools and things like that, I want <laughs> hope like hopefully some kid sees that and it's like cool. Just puts a little seed in his brain. Yeah, don't say anything. Like my my watch, I got that. <laughs> if they see that, you know, it's like okay, there's people out there that are, that get it or yeah. understand. And you know, it's again, it's the tiniest little steps in the giant, giant, giant like march towards. I don't even like march. It's too active but you know the slow slow mm. progress towards anything like we if it's the tiniest thing you can do you might as well yeah i mean because like little things like that you see someone you like you like if say you know i was a little gay boy or something like that and i saw you at the pin and i was maybe confused about myself i'd see that and be like oh like you know that's someone out there you know that yeah that's you're not alone like it's, i hope so it's yeah. just that little thing and it's not you don't say anything there's no conversation don't that has to, to happen there but just the acknowledgement that these people are out in the community uh, that can be you know, big for, for I mean, speaking from experience, that can be big for a little, for a little guy who's out there, a little girl or whatever. Just, you know, it's, it's so funny. Um, just to like to, to wrap up this part, but like about how much progress has been made. It was when my, I have a niece and a nephew and when my nephew was maybe like three or so. I was dating someone and one of my friends was like, Oh, well, like, how do you explain that to, to your, to your nephew? And I was just like, explain what? Because, you know, he has friends who have two dads. He has friends who have two moms. He has friends who have one mom, friends who have one dad. Like, the, we've come so far that, like, that that's just a thing that little kids are exposed to. Yeah. There's no question. It's like, oh, that's just, that's just Jim's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it should be all that it is. Yeah. It's so straightforward. <laughs> but, it, like, I mean, I got the question, though. I don't How fault, am I gonna explain I this to my no, kids? No, but I don't. I don't fault my friend at all for asking that question. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you don't think, if you're not living that and you're not experiencing that, then like, it's it is totally a question. If I was younger, yeah. I would be like, "What?" Yeah. But, and even for my, you know, niece and nephew, living that as a normal thing is yeah. important to me. So, I don't know. It's definitely, definitely a part of it. But again, doesn't define, doesn't, doesn't make up. But it's part of it. It's got to be. But that's not again. And my role as a reporter and everything, that's 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 all my personal stuff. This, yeah. You know, we, it's separate. It's separate. You know, we, even when we put out a prize shoot, that's separate. Um, unless it's in, written in the first person and by me, then it's separate. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a representation of the community, and it's a yeah, community newspaper. So. Yeah. And we, you know, again, there's no agenda to push. No. But it's, uh, you know, of course, you know, we choose to put some things in that say something, but that's, you know, it's not agenda pushing. It's just part of the community that works, mm. you know. Hopefully we do our best at that. Yeah. We have, you know, feedback's always welcome. It drives me nuts when people, like, um, get mad about stuff like that. Because I'm like, well, if you don't like it, don't read it. Like, just don't read, <laughs> just skip past that one. Like, I don't. I get it. I, I, but it's like the, you're forced for you to get to the, I like, get the frustration. Crap. I don't get commenting on it. Yeah. It's like, why did that, why do those words need to come out of your mouth? Like. Yeah. I mean. It's their opinion, but. Think it and keep it to your, like, I don't. I don't see the value in promoting that negativity. Mm -hmm. um, it just doesn't do anything good other than make people upset. It doesn't prove a point. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. It just kind of, it just says you're, you're upset about something. Yeah. And it also says I'm upset about this and I'm not teaching not to do anything about it. And 
again, I get the, I get the, like, like we talked about with, you know, people who are, you know, upset by crime coverage or things. I get the emotion behind it. Um, sometimes it's just a little confusing as to how it is. And in situations like that, if it's directed personally, it bothers me even less because I'm fairly confident in what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> Good. I mean, and I'm always fully willing to own up to mistakes, which happen all the time. Um, but if I'm not going to be honest about making mistakes, then, like, I have no business doing what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, you know, I am one person doing the covering this town, and we have, you know, staff that supports, obviously, but who are covering different things, so we do try our best all the time. Mistakes happen. They just do. When we're going to fix them when we can and when we know that they happen. So, like, I love when people let us know there's a typo. I love when people let us know that, a link is broken or that something looks stupid. I love when people do that because that's an extra set of eyes that helps us create a more perfect product. Um, not that it's ever going to be perfect because nothing ever is. And we would, you know, would never pretend that it was, <laughs> but like, that's the great part about having a, you know, a digitally focused news organization is that we can make those updates. You know, mm. it's obviously can't win on the print paper cause it's there, but it's done. Yeah. You know, being, having a website that has all the information that's our primary i mean that's my primary focus when i'm a reporter i'm thinking about that more than thinking about the print newspaper um which also answers one of your earlier questions but that's a great part about having the online presence is we can make those changes um we can and which and again i love when people call call them out because we need to know them <laughs> and they have some fun people a lot of times people are like a little snarky about it and i I mean, I have been snarky on other websites commenting the same thing, so I totally get it. Uh, I do not get offended by those at all because usually it is I'm working too fast or I'm not being careful enough and I make a dumb mistake. Um, and sometimes it's like so funny when people don't notice. Like I, I had a typo in an article I posted last week. It was about the um, Levitate headliners being announced. Mm -hmm. And I had a, like a really stupid typo and like, I was shocked because that article got tons of likes and stuff on Facebook and no one called it out. And I was like, what? Like, I was so embarrassed by it when I saw it and then no one called it out. <laughs> it was like right in the headline? Yeah. Like, because the, the thing, the way, like, I changed it on the actual article, but the way Facebook works is that when you share the Facebook post, like, that's it. That's it. So the preview little box that shows up when you post an article, that doesn't update when you update the article that it's linked to. Oh. So it's kind of like a, stamped That's, in time yeah it's in the metadata yeah so even if you like i think even if you click clear cache and stuff it'll still show up as wrong huh. um or so like if so you know same thing if we accidentally have the wrong photo attached to something and then we post it to facebook that's going to stay there, which is a pain in the neck because the way Facebook's algorithms work. But yeah, that's why, you know, we can change it and it still looks wrong to every single person who sees it next. Um, so I was trying to just make a comment and say, hey, fixed it, not going to show, but it's there. But it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a living process. So it's, it's lucky that we're able to make those changes the way we are and change on the fly. So Bless the internet. <laughs> I don't know about that. But <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it's the Wild West. We're getting, we're getting more civilized, hopefully. Learning every day. Yeah. That's what we can hope for, right? That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's probably a good note to end on. Cool. Sounds good to me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun. I think we just did like an hour, hour 15. Seriously? Yeah. Whoa. Time just goes right I by. I told you, man. I never shut up. <laughs> that's okay. That's a point, man. I guess that's a point. Yeah, long <laughs> point. <laughs> oh, thanks, James. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Um, where can they read The Mariner if they, for some reason, don't know? Uh, Marshfield.wickedlocal.com and follow Marshfield Mariner on Facebook. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks, James. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> Yay. That was fun. <laughs>